everybody, and welcome to this new episode of the Maze Podcast. I'm your host, Marco Macente, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you. Today, we will make a special episode as we will focus entirely on talent acquisition and we will explore trends, challenges, and new perspectives in the post pandemic world. I'm happy to discuss this with my guest, Marius Stokowatsky from United Kingdom. Marius was born in Poland and he moved to London where he was able to build his career as a talent acquisition professional with more than 20 years of experience working in pharmaceutical recruitment and sales environment. He worked with leading staffing firms within life sciences, CROs, with many stakeholders at all levels. Also, he is a qualified professional performance coach, supporting those who want to make a change in their career or develop personally. I'm sure that Marius will bring interesting insights and we will focus on talent acquisition readiness, challenges, perspective and new trends within the business that is changed and it is changing due to the pandemic. Before deep in dive into the, our conversation, I wanted to spend a few words for the things happening in Israel. I really hope that the terrible things and events happening there will end soon and that a peace can be found for the thousands of lives that are threatened every day by the war. Thanks for listening and please enjoy the conversation with Marius. Hi, Marius. Hello. Welcome to the Maze Podcast. Uh, I'm so excited to have you here. How are you? Hi, Marco. I'm really, really good. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure to be here. Wow. So, yes, I was looking for that interaction and I have already shared with the audience a little bit of your experience, a little bit of your background. And of course, I have already mentioned that this episode will be entirely focused on talent acquisition because, of course, you are a talent acquisition professional working in in the pharma in the pharmaceutical industry, so the same industry in which I work. And um, I think and I'm sure that the insights and experience that you will be sharing will be interesting for the audience and I'm sure that the audience will treasure the episode as I will. So Marius, let's deep dive because I have a question for you. Um, Looking at the scenario we have in the post-pandemic world and the economic crisis we are experiencing across the, uh, the globe, can you share with us what are the trends in talent acquisition and in the pharma industry from your perspective? Where are we getting to? Uh, Marco, thank you so much for the question. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to acknowledge um, the pandemic, you know, obviously being you know, the horrific toys for the candidates that I've met throughout the last few years, having spoken to them. Uh, but focusing on those recruitment trends, because, you know, obviously um, going back to when I started uh, recruitment back in 2010, in pharmaceuticals to, to, you know, where we got to with pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, I think the landscape and the trends have changed completely. Um, I was thinking, I've been thinking, you know, where we should start. And I think the list is quite long with respect to trends that we can point out here. And, you know, I think first thing that always comes to my mind, what's, you know, how this landscape and trends have changed, you know, when it comes to recruitment, remote work, right? But I'll get to remote work in a little, in a little bit later. So I would just focus perhaps first 
you know, trend being digital transformation, right? So increased reliance on those digital tools for remote hiring, interviews, onboarding, you know, allowing for broader talent pool and more efficient processes. Then, you know, as we are all within, you and I are within pharmaceutical, uh, virtual clinical trials, right? So that in itself created new opportunities and it's just emerging, growing demand, you know, for professional experience, individuals in virtual clinical trial management, telemedicine, uh, and then I think it's fair to say pharma, pharma companies embracing decentralized clinical trials, remote work, you know, that's, it's a great topic. And I, I think, you know, having listened to your, your podcast before, it's been a lot said about remote, remote work already, but I think I just wanted to add that great acceptance of remote work options, right? Enabling access to talent beyond traditional geographic boundaries, um, you know, some will say improving work-life balance. I'll be very cautious how I word it within the pharmaceuticals, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, we have got those hybrid models um, across the industry. And something, you know, a bit of an observation here, something that I remember when, you know, we were in the middle of a pandemic and companies were transferring to, to, to those hybrid models, fully work set up. And fast forward to where we are today, what I'm noticing, yes, of course, you know, people still want to work from home. However, I do get to meet individuals who will say, look, I just really need that, you know, office presence. So it's quite interesting to notice. And obviously, I wouldn't just like to focus on this particular trend only, uh, but something that, you know, we as an industry should remember as well. And, you know, looking at that, you know, remote work opportunities, hybrid models, and maybe digressing and just a little bit linking to your question, where we're getting to. Um, I, it's, and it's just my personal opinion here, um, thinking about metaverse, right? You know, thinking about those virtual offices, you know, yeah. the world without boundaries. You know, the, the uh, virtual offices where we've got global colleagues, you know, without any sort of visa requirements. Think about that. The talent pool that you have, you, you can access, you know, in that virtual world. Yeah. Yeah, of it's, course. It's just my... my yes, best, of course. No, no, I agree with you, Marius. And uh, let's say that we are seeing uh, this change and uh, let's say that the pandemic has driven, right, the change that we are yeah. seeing nowadays. So it's interesting to say that, uh, of course, there has been the pandemic, there has been uh, the crisis from an economic point of view, but uh, what we have uh, now, speaking about the virtual environment, uh, the hybrid model or the um, working remotely is now the trend that we are seeing across uh, the industry. Um, we are here thanks to the pandemic and thanks to the events right that we experienced in these last two years so it's uh, it's it's very interesting to see how talent acquisition and how the hr world right needed to change in order to address in order to embrace this change that globally our industry uh, is seeing so would you agree that uh, talent acquisition is embracing this change that uh, in our industry uh, is relevant more than ever Absolutely, Marco. I mean, I think it's it's a fair comment to make that you have to adapt, 
right? Yeah. You, you know, and and you know, as I've mentioned, you know, some some of your great podcasts, you know, talk about AI, you know, uh, data analytics, and you know how that impacts our 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 day to day life and recruitment processes. And I think you know one thing that always comes to my mind is just those opportunities that it creates, you know, the technology advancement, looking at AI and data analytics within pharmaceuticals, you know, that just creates demand for data scientists, you know, AI experts to leverage data analytics, you know, that being drug discovery, clinical trials, patient recruitment, you know, as you follow that sort of trend, it gets to cybersecurity, right? So, yeah. you know, yeah. with all the uh, advancement, you know, cybersecurity rules to, to, to protect our sensitive data when it comes to clinical trials is so, so crucial these days as well. You know, yeah. not forgetting yeah. about regulatory landscape. Did I say that it's it's quite an extensive yeah. <laughs> list yeah. of friends that we can notice? But regulatory landscape, right? We do need, you know, regulatory professionals to navigate through that you know, dynamic, ever-changing landscape. Yeah. Uh, you know, supply chain. I, I think it's fair to say that supply chain during COVID, that was massively, severely affected, right? So all pharma CROs seeking that supply solutions, um, you know, thinking about opportunities as well. Yeah. That, you know, I'm thinking contract and freelance work, right? Yeah. You know, uh, that said, I'll be very cautious how I word it because, you know, looking at 2023, that has been a very, very unusual year in itself. You know, yeah. you mentioned HR, you know, how we have to adapt. You know, we can follow the trend of mergers and acquisitions in the industry, right? So we as professionals have to really, you know, adapt, stay on top of, you know, ever-changing um, environment. Yeah, you've got university collaborations that has to be mentioned as well. Um, you know, university spin-offs, the collaboration between pharmaceutical um, CROs, more specifically, just to, for for the audience, so so that they know in case someone is not within pharmaceuticals, contract research organizations, right? Yeah. Um, and I think what's you know one of the uh, exciting trends, and you know, really important to mention. Uh, is mental health and well-being support in conjunction with, um, I would say, diversity and inclusion, right? Yeah, so yeah. I think, you know, those, all the companies, you know, to stay competitive, to attract, retain talent, they really have to, you know, follow, follow those trends, right? Yeah, um, of course. So, and so... Interesting times, Mark. I mean, the global talent pool definitely, definitely has expanded because of those post-pandemic new trends continuously evolving. And where are we getting to, Marco? If I, if only I had a crystal ball, I'm thinking, right? Yeah. <laughs> but looking at, you know, latest development, technology advancement, you know, as it brings everyone closer... You know, in different parts of the globe, I think, you know, big pharma, bigger players, you know, will pave the ground for further advancement. You know, new territories will be discovered. You know, there's a lot of investment in Latin America at the moment, for example. 
you know, I've noticed new, you know, bigger, bigger companies really investing in those locations. You know, I think technology, you know, that, you know, digital transformation will, will really allow us to stay close in those locations and focus on that global talent pool. Yeah. Yeah, interesting insights. So thanks a lot, Marius, for sharing um, those trends that you see right uh, um, across yeah. our industry. Thank and you. of course, being a professional working in the same industry, I agree with you saying that the companies uh, needed to adapt and within the companies, the departments, leaders, uh, and uh, every professional that is working in this industry needs to adapt and embrace this change in order to, you know, um, keep up with all the things that we are seeing um, in this uh, new normal, as we can mention, right, uh, the post-pandemic world. Um, now, uh, seeing this scenario and uh, bringing the focus back on talent acquisition, um, I'd like to get your insights on the so-called recruitment readiness that uh, these uh, different stakeholders may have, right? Speaking about companies, speaking about recruiters and candidates. So has there been a change um, in this uh, um, recruitment readiness and what each stakeholder could expect, in your opinion, Marius? Absolutely. I mean, another, I think, important question for, for our audience to really get to see how, you know, things can work differently for different stakeholders. So depending on which side you're on, if you're a company, if you're a recruiter or a candidate, right? Um, but so, so during, especially during the economic downturns, uh, you know, that can be understood differently, that recruitment readiness. Um, so, um, shall we start with recruiters, perhaps, you know, what, you know, that means for, for us, because ultimately I'm in recruitment capacity and then I will, uh, you know, focus on companies and candidates uh, as well. Um, so for, for recruiters, you know, how we in today's, well, this year, especially this year, it's, it's been, you know, I think it's fair to say it's common knowledge. It's been, you know, incredibly challenging, even for recruiters as well. Um, so I would focus on skill, skill yeah. adaptation, right? So uh, we just must, as recruiters, adapt to shifting demands of pharma industry. This may involve, you know, sometimes diversifying expertise to cover different areas, you know, like remote hiring, for example, specialized skill set. Now, it's really important as well that, you know, during the uh, uh, quieter times as well, we remain, you know, in contact with the talent you know, building and nurturing the talent, you know, in the recruitment words pipeline is incredibly crucial. You know, we yeah. should always yeah. identify, you know, talk with potential candidates, even if we don't have jobs, right? You know, because there will, at one point, there will be that opportunity that arise and you want to ensure that top talent is, you know, what you're looking for. Um, Cost efficiency, right? So when you think about recruitment, you know, you do think about cost efficiency as well. So streamlining recruitment processes, you know, just to reduce the cost while maintaining quality. You know, we, we talked earlier about uh, data analytics, you know, utilizing technology, 
the automated tools to optimize efficiency, all those things, all those processes, tools can be implemented or at least looked at at this moment in time, right? So now we've got time to do it. I mean, the, the, we as recruiters can, you know, take initiatives and, you know, looking at those skills adaptation, we can really do things ourselves as well in order to stay on top of everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Focusing, let's say, companies, right? So from the company perspective, I think personally, first thing that comes to my mind, uh, resource allocation, right? So ensuring that, you know, companies invest wisely in, you know, that being essential recruitment tools, you know, they optimize costs, processes, focusing on companies, what, you know, or trying to understand what companies can do to remain recruitment ready for example you know i'm thinking resource allocation right so um that would mean allocated resources why allocating resources wisely you know investing in essential recruitment tools uh, processes whilst optimizing costs uh, you know companies may consider um, strategic partnerships or even outsourcing some of their specialized recruitment. Um, so, you know, I think that the company with that resource allocation can be very, very smart about it. You know, strategic planning obviously is really important as well, right? So as a bit, as a business, um, you know, I think as a business, not me as a business, but businesses, just rephrasing it, uh, businesses, um, need to assess you know their long-term talent needs you know mm -hmm. then align with the business strategies that they have take into account take into account market conditions and you know identify those business critical roles with the skills that is really required that you know will help navigate through that economic challenges um and I think it's it's also really important to mention, and I think you know that could be a topic on itself. Employee branding, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, I of mean, course. employers have to maintain strong brand to attract top talent, right? Though we are going through a quiet period in two thousand twenty-three, it doesn't mean that we stop. Right? Yeah. Of course. Um, so, 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 what this company can do, you know, if we focus on that recruitment readiness, you know, emphasize stability, you know, commitment to employee development, and just embrace and you know showcase positive company culture, right? And then yeah. you know, that brings me to the candidates. What, how candidates, uh, you know, can get ready or go through the challenging times you know similar to recruiters skill adaptation so i would say skill enhancement when you are uh, a candidate you know so uh, you know continuous learning and certification you know everything can be sought and found in today's digital world and I hope I'm not coming across as I'm trying to promote one thing or another because I wouldn't like anyone to, 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 to you know, uh, bear cost of, you know, upskilling themselves. So always be smart about it, right? Be, you know, think how that can 
you know, how that commitment learning, future learning can uh, develop your your skill set. Yeah. Um, networking. So that's a that's a really powerful tool, if I can if I can call it this way, or being resourceful. Um, and I think you mentioned it at the very beginning. You know, thanks to where the technology. You know, that's how you and I connected, right? Yeah. Networking. Yeah. That's how we got to know each other. And yeah. you know, I think it's important to realize that every conversation is truly meaningful, or at least should be, right? So, one 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 day, okay, may not go anywhere. But next time you connect with someone, it's becoming a powerful message that you can really share with someone or even help, right? So, you know, you've got industry events that you can you, you can attend to as a candidate. You know, online webinars, uh, online forums, uh, you know, you can engage industry peers, mentors. I mean, I think, you know, looking at different uh, business platforms, that's what they made for, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What else could candidates do? I think flexibility, right? So understanding that um, everybody has to adapt to changing roles and locations if necessary, right? Sometimes it may not necessarily fully align with what your initial career goals are, but that's fine. You know, it's being flexible. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's that that's the, the main points I think that I really wanted to to to, to share with the yeah. audience. That recruitment readiness, uh, you know, building those and maintaining strong relationships amongst these groups is so crucial for success in challenging times. Yeah, thanks a lot, Marius, for sharing and. Uh... Uh, identifying uh, companies, recruiters, and candidates, right, as uh, the three main stakeholders. Uh, let's say also that uh, those are not uh, um, existing in silos, right? As you mentioned, it is important yeah. to network, to build bridges, and uh, identifying uh, those three uh, big stakeholders, right, Marius, uh, uh, companies, recruiters, and candidates. Uh, uh, it is true, as you mentioned, that uh, um, those three stakeholders uh, are not existing in silos, right? So it is important to um, build bridges, uh, to network, as you said, and also to ensure that there is uh, a flow of communication between them in order to ensure that the recruitment readiness that we mentioned is uh, valorized and, and enabled enabled in the best possible way um so thanks a lot for sharing thanks a lot for sharing and uh, now uh, let's uh, go back uh, uh, to the talent acquisition and uh, especially to the role that you uh, cover right uh, as a talent acquisition partner part of the process and part of your job is uh, giving feedback right uh, and also um, receiving yep. feedback is part uh, of the things uh, that you see um, in the process uh, um, from candidates and poor candidates, uh, for manager, from manager. And uh, let's say that there is a complex flow of communication and information in the feedback process. Um, since we have, again, different stakeholders in the process, uh, candidates, companies, managers, recruiters, uh, can you share with us uh, your experience on how the feedback can be tailored and customized uh, to help everyone getting the most of it? Yeah, um, that's, that's a great question, uh, Marco. And two books get 
comes straight to my mind. One is called Culture Map by Erin Mayer and uh, Coachability uh, by Kevin Weld. Um, and the reason why I kind of pause here and need a little bit more time to think is, you know, when you when we say feedback, and especially when you are in a talent acquisition function, I think first thing that comes to your mind is interview, right? But I think it's, as you mentioned and highlighted, it's feedback. It's not just the interview feedback. It's how we communicate. Uh, it's it's uh, It can be done to performers. It can be conversation around the presentation that you just did. So many different factors can be taken into consideration. Um, but one thing for sure, uh, you know, feedback is so valuable and it's, it's just resource for personal professional development. Um, and how we go about it, it's incredibly important. I think, you know, feedback in itself is, is, is just, is an art, right? It's an art in itself that you, you know, one's individuals have to champion individuals like ourselves, not just in the recruitment function, but also on the day-to-day, -day, you know, individuals, regular feedback, um, you know, can be used by everyone, uh, not just professionally, but also yeah. on the day-to-day -day, uh, basis in our lives, right? Yeah. Um, you know, what, what really kind of things, or what really um, comes to my mind, obviously, is to really making sure that we've got an understanding of that feedback itself for candidates, managers, and recruiters, right? And I think it's important that every every um, group understands, you know, each other in a sense where everybody yeah. is. You know, in a recruitment function, I, I I tend to say, please do not shoot the messenger, <laughs> right? In a joking, in a in a in a joking jokingly way, but. Uh, let's focus on candidates, you know, interview feedback. Yes, of course, you know, it has to be constructive, right? Yeah. It can be after the interview. It can be to help them understand their strengths, area for, for improvement. You know, there's also application feedback, right? Um, you know, sending that message to someone that they would have not been selected at the early stage of the process it can be heartbreaking at times for individuals because we as recruiters, we don't know what their personal situation is at the time. But at the same time, as a business, you know, there are mm. so many yeah. applications. Yeah. So it's sometimes, it's, it's, it's not the easy position to be in. It's not the nicest position to be in, knowing that someone you know, will be affected one way or another. And that's why it's important to, to really let that person know, I think, that though you've not been selected, you have got that career ahead of you, right? Kindness is free of charge. Mm -hmm. And, you know, giving people a little bit of hope, candidates, giving them a little bit of hope and, you know, indication that, okay, look, you can get there, perhaps not on, the, not on this occasion, you know, because of X, Y, and Z. So it's it's it, it has to be balanced, and it is a really powerful tool as a feedback. The feedback is a very powerful tool. So now, overall, I think the key to effective feedback lies in constructive, specific, and actionable information. Yeah, thanks a lot, Marius. So 
yeah, it's very interesting to see right uh, um, the entire process and uh, how complex it is uh, getting and receiving feedback. Uh, and uh, I agree with you. So this is uh, um, up. Uh, to the recruiter, but up to the candidate that is getting this. And uh, um, we there is so much to say about giving feedback and receiving feedback, but I really appreciate that you touched a very um, important highlights that I'm sure that the audience will treasure when speaking about kindness and uh, getting the right information about uh, where we are in the process. And uh, yeah, so let's say that uh, needs to be improved overall. Do you agree with me? Because of course, uh, we never learn about giving and getting feedback. Oh, absolutely, Mark. I mean, you, you never do, you never stop, and you never stop learning. And uh, I think having that wide belt approach is just something really that you, you, everyone could treasure, you know, moving forwards. So continuous learning, you know, being open to to, to new ideas. Yeah. Um, so now I have another question for you because. Uh, uh, thinking again about uh, the phenomena that we were seeing, right? We spoke about the post-pandemic uh, um, world, uh, the trends, uh, the pandemic, the economic crisis. Uh, one of the things that we saw um, was uh, the big resignations um, phenomenon where employees uh, quit their jobs, driven by new values and new rules uh, and even new schedules. So uh, one of the top priority at the moment for companies and organizations is to keep strategies, uh, to keep their talents and retain them within the organization. Um, so can you please tell us more from a recruiter point of view, which are in your perspective the pillars throughout the talent retention strategy that can be built on? Where shall we start? I think you know certain aspects have been already mentioned you know, today um, we can we can really start with flexible work arrangements, right? You know, yeah. flex, the companies can offer flexible schedules, remote work options, hybrid models. Uh, you know, again, work-life balance. You know, I'm yeah. very cautious how I word it. Um, compensation, right? Yeah. I mean, yes, of course. You know, pillars and you know values are incredibly important, and that's something that I really wanted. To bring up to the table as well, you know, in terms of compensation. Companies should ensure the compensation packages are competitive, right? Yeah. You know, the companies have, have got abilities to, to really reach out to different sources to get the information around what's competitive, what's not, who's doing what, who's doing not. So I, I would I would definitely encourage companies to be you know, competitive on the market. Career development. Uh, we hear that word so often these days, but again, ensure we invest in employee growth training, through training, mentoring, right? Mm -hmm. clear, yeah. paths for, clear paths for advancement within the organization. I fully appreciate you know, when you employ thousands of people globally, it, sometimes it's a complex process, but again, it should not be it should not be an excuse for not having it in place. Recognition yeah. and rewards. Everybody likes to be rewarded, right? Yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes pat on your shoulders. Yes, it's great. But acknowledging the rewards, outstanding perform performances, contributions, all boost employee morale and loyalty. You know, there are there are some great. Um, I would say. 
tools to really facilitate that recognition and rewards processes. Just the companies have to be creative. Um, you know, work workplace culture, positive, yeah. inclusive, and I would say safe workplace culture. Right. So your you as an employee should feel valued, respected, and engaged. I mean, again, you've got different tools. We live in, you know, 2023 at the moment, right? We've yeah. got tools, just we have to know how to use them correctly. Just to give my two cents here, I wanted to think about the things that you were saying. Uh, also, um, from an employee point of view, empowerment across uh, as well as engagement, right, are uh, the two main things that can play a pivotal role. I don't know if you agree with me. I do agree with you completely. Uh, it's, you know, it's so important, right? But at the same time, it just brings the question in my mind, how do we do it? Right? Yeah. It's great to name things, but... You know, sometimes, you know, companies, I think, lagging behind a little bit, knowing how to do it. But as long as they, they, they really can, you know, put practice in place, that's great. And uh, it comes down to communication, I guess, right? Or yeah. It is all the communication. Yeah. How do we maintain that transparent communication channel between different peers? How do we involve employees in decision-making process? Uh, that can be through, you know, sometimes simple email communication from your leaders, from your manager. I'm not thinking of coming up with, you know, hugely expensive ways of communicating with your teams. It's it some sometimes it's a simple solution that really makes a difference on a day to day basis. Uh, again. It's a mixture of, I would yeah. say, leadership, engagement, you know, develop development, uh, well-being, recognition, diversity, inclusion, all the things that I've mentioned. And it just we have to remember it's a very much holistic approach yeah. to talent retention, right? But you need to we collectively need to address these strategies and pillars. Right. Those who don't, I think, you know, will be continuously looking for talent. Yeah, right? of course. And uh, in yeah. other, yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you, Marius. And uh, so let's say that in order to stay on the competitive edge, uh, companies and, uh, and organization uh, now speaking about the talent uh, um, retention uh, need to address those kind of items that you mentioned uh, with a more holistic approach. Uh, I, I love the term that you use in order to understand that uh, um, at the same time, it's not one size fits all, but uh, there is the need to tailor and uh, to focus and uh, to spot the light on what matters, uh, um, getting the data from uh, yeah. the primary stakeholders that are the, the employees themselves, right? Uh, so it's important that these, uh, these, the, the, there is a, a mutual uh, communication uh, between leaders and employees and uh, um, executives in order to ensure that uh, uh, the things and the actions that the company can do are supported by the data that the company itself can collect uh, and make sure that there is this consistency. Um, so it's, again, Absolutely. a, a never-ending process because, of course, uh, this is, uh, requires time, uh, efforts, uh, but uh, as you mentioned, uh, this is very important in order to ensure that uh, um, talents uh, are retained and, of course, uh, quality is maintained.
Um, Absolutely, Mark. I know one thing, as you probably know already, and our audience is aware, it's, it's the, there's a term in the market called raw talent, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm not a huge fan of the term, but it doesn't change the fact that I think we as a as an industry really have to be creative and you know we have to really come up with ideas yeah. innovate and really you know not just so much as nurturing the talent which is really important but also create opportunities to really you know help the talent grow in their careers secure yeah. those you know first jobs in 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 the, in the recruitment uh, not in the recruitment, sorry, in the pharma industry. Yeah. Recruitment. But again, yeah. it's 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 a topic in itself, like anything else within the pharmaceuticals. But one thing for sure, it's a hugely dynamic environment. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Marius. Um, so we spoke about uh, a lot of things, right? Uh, um, uh, trends. Uh, um, big resignation. Uh, talents. Uh, we spoke about. Uh, uh, feedback uh, and uh, we highlighted uh, the importance to, to get the things from the right stakeholders and uh, which are the stakeholders uh, in talent acquisition and wrapping up today Marius um, let's speak about what goes next for you um, mm -hmm. I know that you are running different initiatives right focus on coaching and helping others uh, from a talent acquisition point of view yeah. Um, sharing your expertise and knowledge. So can you please tell us more about that and uh, what is waiting for you in 2024? Oh, wow. <laughs> You're putting me on the spot, Marco, but uh, <laughs> thank you so much for, for your question. And um, I, I would say that on the professional level, I'm incredibly fortunate uh, to to be where I am uh, with my current employer, right? So moving to 2024 and beyond, I don't see any changes with that respect. You know, yeah. I, 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 as I said, I can truly say I'm very fortunate to be surrounded by great people, by great leadership team, by fantastic support. Um, and adding that coaching aspect that you mentioned, yes, of course, that's additional uh, venture of mine, I would say, um, but as I mentioned, priority will always be on that um, full-time employment that I'm in at the moment. Coaching—that's yeah. what I'm seeing as a as a, as an evolution to to my skill set. Yeah. Uh, opportunity to really support individuals globally because, as we discussed, uh, we've got amazing technology in place. Um, so, so I'm hoping that I'll be able to connect with individuals worldwide um, with a view to really become the most trusted coach and career advisor uh, within pharmaceuticals. Uh, volunteering, so I do volunteer a lot. Uh, I'd love this to continue. Um, you know, it's great to give something back. Um, and again, you know, with, uh, with uh, technology that we have in place. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Mario. So uh, it has been a lovely conversation. Uh, we touched a lot of interesting uh, topics again and matters uh, that, uh, um, of course, 
matter, let's say again, for our uh, industry, but also for us, right, as uh, professionals and uh, for the people that will be listening uh, to our episode. So I thank you again for your time, for your availability. Um, I wish you all the best. And of course, uh, we are connected. Uh, we belong to our networks and uh, it would be a pleasure to get in touch with you again and to share more feedback about the episode as soon as uh, it will be released. Marco, thank you so much. It's been an absolute privilege to be uh, able to share with you know yourself and the audience my experiences and observations. So thank you for the opportunity as well. All the best and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Speak to you soon. Take care. Bye.